Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 438. Success means moving from mistake to mistake without any loss of enthusiasm along the way. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited and revved up to introduce a very special guest, Barry Wills, all the way from England. Barry, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I most certainly am. Please take me. (laughs) Back to the future. uh, Back to the future. You listeners will understand that in just a moment. Barry Wills has spent over 50 years in the global automotive industry. His first book, John Z, The DeLorean and Me, Tales from an Insider, was published by DeLorean Garage, and it's a very unique look from the perspective of the longest-serving employee of DeLorean Motor Cars Limited, and that would be Barry. His tale focuses on the years during the Troubles in Northern Ireland when the production of the DeLorean took place. Barry's worked for and with Many other marks, including Jaguar Cars, Reliant Motor Company, Lotus, Rover, Kia, Fiat, Lamborghini, and many others throughout his uh, very long career in the automotive industry. Barry, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Yeah, sure, Mark. In fact, what you just described is, is 50 years of my uh, 73 years on this earth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> in the car industry, or the vehicle industry, I should say, mm-hmm. starting as you've indicated with Jaguar as a boy apprentice, five years indentured apprenticeship. My father had to sign a formal contract to say that if I broke that uh, apprenticeship in any way, that he would have to repay Jaguar cars wow. for every moment of my time that they spent money on me. So it was a very serious thing in those days, <laughs> oh, the apprenticeship. Yeah. Wow. And right the way through, um, I spent time uh, on the board of, uh, uh, as a director of three automakers. I pride myself Having been trained as a purchasing guy, as a commercial man, mm-hmm. I think I'm the only commercial man of his type who can claim to have been a director in charge of two vehicle companies' engineering departments. Wow. That's just a demonstration that, you know, I think if you're, if you're a reasonable manager, 
you can manage more or less anything and, and that, <laughs> as long as you've got an appreciation of what's going on yes so the other thing i'd say is that one of the things that i'm most proud of is that it turns out when i had to do the arithmetic on one occasion over my 50 years in the industry i've actually worked in 50 different countries oh my gosh yeah and that, that's a privilege that that was a real privilege yes that i'm very proud of yeah, yeah. well it sounds absolutely Wonderful. And we're going to be focusing most of our talk today on this first book of yours about working with John DeLorean and uh, the trials and tribulations. And we all know many, many stories about that. But the the level that this book goes in depth is really, really wonderful. And I was enjoying going through it last night before I prepared for our talk today. So we'll get into that. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Barry, take the wheel. Yeah, well, th- this is one, uh, literally, Mark, I've carried in my wallet for years because it really sums up certainly my time with John DeLorean and probably the, my 50-year career in the auto industry as well. Mm-hmm. It's a quote by a guy you will have heard of called Winston Spencer Churchill. I think I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> And it says this, it's very brief, and it's very Churchillian. Success means moving from mistake to mistake without any loss of enthusiasm along the way. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Mm, Pretty good. It's very good. Yes, uh, Mr. Churchill had some wonderful quotes, of course. I've heard many of them from guests here. I love that one. How have you incorporated that particular quote? as it applies to, let's say, this book project or the time that you spent at DeLorean Motors Limited? Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) uh I mean, mistake to mistake without any loss of enthusiasm along the way. I mean, four and a half years uh, I was working for the company DeLorean. Mm -hmm. And in that four and a half years, let's just briefly tell you what that includes. It starts with embezzlement of investors' funds. It moves into a record 28 months to get a car into production and sale. Engineering of the car by Colin Chapman and Lotus. The troubles of Northern Ireland, where you've got two factions of uh, the community literally fighting each other. Mm -hmm. A firebombing of part of the plant. British Army occupying the plant, as more or less as a barracks. As running out of money, having receivers appointed, equivalent to Chapter 11. A sit-in lockout by the workforce, a rescue bid for uh, for the company that was thwarted by uh, another famous British person, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yes. An FBI cocaine sting that led to John DeLorean's arrest, mm-hmm. and liquidation and closure, oh. all in four and a half years. Oh my so gosh! <laughs> you need a, just a bit of enthusiasm along the way to get through that lot. Uh, just a bit. I mean, just I. I'm sitting here listening, and I've I've heard a lot and read a lot over the years about the trials and tribulations of uh, that motor company, but oh my gosh. Uh, And that's what's great about this book, because it really walks you through all of that, the insider story from uh, a guy, Barry, who was actually there. I I don't know. How does one stay enthusiastic through all that? (laughs) Well, I think it starts with a a belief in what we were trying to achieve, Mm. I mean, John John was the most inspirational person I've ever met, and I, I've met 
I've met quite a few people in that 50 years. Yes. But John was w- way above anyone else in terms of um, charisma and charm and inspiration and ideas. So you start with a belief. And then, of course, when you've joined a company where literally I think was a, there were about another eight people there when I started, mm-hmm. uh, and I was the longest serving employee, you then bring other people on board and you begin to feel a certain responsibility towards them and a loyalty towards them. Yes. And a need, therefore, to um, try and make sure that that company continues through thick and thin. Yeah. And that was particularly relevant during the receivership when we came so close to uh, to saving the company in, in a, a very um, original, uh, very original manner. Wow. The whole thing is extremely intriguing, exciting, sorrowful. I mean, everything. And I really think in the end, as I look through your book, the the people of that part of uh, the country were the ones kind of left holding the bag, if you will, in the end. Uh, those Very who, much so. Yeah, those who had stayed loyal. Wow. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about this as we move through. But one of the first questions I have here has to do with what instigated your goal to write this book, John Z, The DeLorean and Me? Could you take us to the point in time when you decided, you know what, this is a story that needs to be told. Well, I, I always felt there was a book inside me, and it must have been something that I'd kept in the back of my mind because, fortunately, I kept my diaries from the period, and I also kept many of my notations. I was taught as a young apprentice at Jaguar that I should always write things down while I'm in meetings with people or I'm taking a phone call from people. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I followed through and I, I kept much many of those papers. But above all, I think the motivation was the fact that there had been so many books written about the DeLorean project over the years. One came out within two years of the company closing and virtually all of them contained or created, in some cases, mm-hmm. myths and uh, downright lies, in some cases, about what went on. Mm. So above all, I think, I felt a need to settle the equation, to um, remove the myths. But to do that, I didn't want to write the book before... This is a bit of a cowardly thing. <laughs> I didn't want to write the book before John had passed on. Ah. Uh. And I certainly didn't want to write the book before Mrs. Thatcher had passed on. Uh, I see. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, uh, I'm critical of both. And maybe I should have been critical to their faces. But uh, any, anyway, I, I, once the two of them had gone, I decided now is the time. Ah, I see. Let's, uh, let's set the record straight and uh, spell it out as it really was. Well, those are two pretty strong individuals to be critical to their face i can certainly understand that so well having met both of course you're absolutely right and the lady in particular oh uh, yeah i can only imagine wow what a powerhouse uh that lady was just incredible 
Well, what I'd love to do now, Barry, is uh, take a look at some of the roads you've driven down while you worked on this project and share with us some of the immense challenges you faced with this project, things you had to overcome. This was your first book, which is really spectacular because this is no small little thing. This is a big, hefty book. There is a lot of information in there. There are a lot of great images, pictures, and, and some of those are of your notes, which I love that concept of keeping notes. So, so important. You just never know when you need to go back to something because the mind has a way of all altering our memories quite often. Could you share some of those challenges with us as you work through this project? Yeah, um, it, it ran through a process. Originally, I was approached by two owners of DeLoreans in the UK. There is a very strong owners club here. And one of them had acquired the photographic collection of the Belfast photographer who had been appointed by the company to take photographs of people and events right from the very beginning, from the groundbreaking ceremony in October of 1978, I guess up until the the time in late 1981 when he stopped getting paid. Hmm. So amongst that collection of something like, I don't know, 2,000 pictures, 1,500 to 2,000 pictures, there were were an enormous number that the person who'd uh, acquired them didn't know who they were, what the event was. So the start of the whole process was a request from him to help identify the people and the events in the photographs. From that came a second request, which was to provide a few anecdotes about my experiences Mm. that were sparked by, in many cases, the events that were in the pictures. Mm Mm-hmm. Having started that, I was encouraged to write more and more and more and more (laughs) to the point where it became too many words for their book, which was going to be a coffee table book primarily for photographs, if you Mm. can imagine, Uh, a 12-inch by 12-inch coffee table book. That has been published. That was published nearly two years ago Mm -hmm. and is a beautiful work of art. However... The words that I provided were edited back to about a tenth of what I'd written. Wow. So I decided then to not to throw it all away, but to finish it off really for my – I've got four children, mm-hmm. and I, I've two particularly were children during the period of the um, – uh, of the DeLorean project. The other two came much later. But the two that lived through the project, the idea was for me to write it down for their consumption, ah. for them to learn what the hell their father was up to during <laughs> yeah. the period that he was neglecting them. Yeah. <laughs> I then showed it to a good friend of mine, who a guy called David Knowles, who you may have heard of. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, he, he probably the authority on MG cars and has written numerous books on MG. Yes. Uh, David's a good friend of mine, and I I floated the book past him. He read it and said, yeah, you ought to publish this. So Mm. that's the road I started on. I then got together with a guy called James Espy, who is the vice president of the DeLorean Motor Company in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. James has got a very, very good design eye, and uh, he had a small publishing company. He's published a couple of books under the title DeLorean Garage, and uh, we then collaborated for about another nine months where James led the design, and I obviously was approving it as time went on. And 
the book was published well we launched it on on october the 21st 2015 for a deliberate reason that that you may well know is it was back to the future day the day that <laughs> martin mcfly went forward to see his find his kids yeah and it eventually became available from the printer uh, the beginning of december so it was a it was a ride of um it was two years Basically. My gosh, my gosh. Of my life, yep. Yeah, well, it's an absolutely fascinating read, and uh, the depth in which you go into this, it's you know, it's as if you were there with, with, uh, with you and all the other people. So I really, really enjoyed it. Of course I was there. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> well, you know, and I've had another uh, big fan of the DeLorean Motor Cars on this show. Toby Peterson was a guest. He has a company here in the Northwest where he deals, DeLorean Northwest, where he deals with those cars and, of course, has associations with James in Texas yeah. with the cars. So uh, very, very cool. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had kind of an aha moment about this project. Uh, I like to say it's a time when the headlights, in this case, pop up and illuminate your way for a new direction. How did that aha moment help you make this book a reality? Oh, I think the real, real aha moment was when, after David Knowles had given me the nod, I decided I, wa- I wanted somebody to write a foreword for it. And the guy I felt best qualified to make to write the foreword was somebody I'd got to know during the project uh, as a journalist, and I kept in touch on and off with i used to bump into him at the saae show in detroit on a, on a regular occasions and the la and new york motor shows and the detroit motor shows from time to time which is a guy called ed lapham who mm-hmm. uh, is a former editor of automotive news mm-hmm. and uh, i thought well if if i ask ed to read this book and he feels that he is then having read it prepared to accept my invitation to write the foreword then it's probably got some merit and when ed uh, said he liked it and then wrote me a delightful foreword that was certainly the aha moment that made me feel that this is not a waste of time absolutely wonderful well i would assume that you've had uh, many proud moments associated with this book but is there one in particular that stands out for you one in particular um Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Having it in my hand as a three-dimensional object. Uh, you know, I've heard that from many authors I've had yeah. here on Cars. Yeah, when that, it's like a baby being born. Yeah. You, you work all this time to make something a reality, and when that first bound piece is laid on your desk, yep. you just go, wow, there it is. And the day, the day before it was due to arrive, I felt a bit like a 10-year-old on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It was a, a genuine feeling of excitement and the, uh, the, the, the ability to hold this thing that I, I was so impressed with how it looked anyway. The job James has done, I think, in designing it is superb. I like the cover, the stainless steel background to the cover. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the fact that the cover's got a black and white picture which sort of fits in with the period almost of the the 80s sure uh, yeah so it, it was a real nice feeling to have um the the volume in my hand and and i was also surprised about the thickness <laughs> <laughs> yeah it well as i mentioned it's one big heavy chunk of a book i mean it's you you pick it up you go okay there's a big big long story in here yeah, what is it about this book? If there's, I know there's probably so many aspects, but one thing that if you could narrow down that makes you 
so proud of the final publication? I think it's that I believe I've managed to write about all the unsung heroes of DeLorean. Mm. You know, the, the other books, uh, with one exception, the other books have focused on John, have focused on the drugs element of it, the embezzlement I talked about. You know, they're all factual, those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But none of the books have concentrated, as I've tried to do, on the incredible job that was done by a small group of people, starting with a, a, a 72-acre bog, and that's what it was, a bog that had to be drained to, to, before we could start doing anything. And with tremendous help from Lotus Engineering and uh, the, their, their chief engineer, Colin Spooner, and their managing director, Mike Kimberley, and of course, with Colin Chapman at their head, Mm-hmm. to bring a car into production and sale into the market in 28 months from nothing, you know, from Giugiaro's design. And, and that's, a, one cannot, one must not forget that what we started with was a concept demonstrator. It was not a prototype. It was a concept demonstrator. And that was taken from that stage to production and sale in 28 months. I'll let the listeners know also in the back of the book, there's a, a list of the, as you call, the cast of characters and all these names and these people. And then following that is what they did next and where these people ended up. And I know compared to the enormous number of people, when you talk to everybody down to the factory floor, were there. But really, really interesting to see who all these people, the players were, if you will, and you will in this magnificent play. And then where did they end up and where did they move forward to? Wow. Absolutely yeah, fascinating. I, I, that's, that's one aspect, Mark, that I, I really wanted to get home to the reader. Mm-hmm. That the talent in that company was immense. Yeah, yeah. And it went right the way through. Some of these people that I've listed uh, were quite junior individuals at the time of the project. You know, many of them introduced to the auto industry in Northern Ireland for the first time. Wow. Uh, but, you know, so many of them went on to do really major jobs. Well, and that's a great thing about what you list is. As I read through that list, many of them went on to be presidents of companies, CEOs, yep. big big players, big level players. Yep. So David Hargreaves went on to become president of Hasbro, the yeah. <laughs> uh, board car, the board maker. Yeah. And Martin Graham went on to become uh, president of Trinity North America Freight Car in Dallas, the the, the largest manufacturer of US of railroad equipment in the US. Yeah. Uh, tremendous achievements by quite junior guys. Yeah, really fascinating. How about writer's remorse? Is there anything about the book you wish you'd done a little differently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's always yes. a, a tough question, yes. I, I think, because as I ask it, I think, you know, this is someone's baby here. And it's like, you know, if you'd raise your kid differently, would, would there be yeah. something? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of Norman Jewish? You must have yes. heard of Norman oh, yes. Jewish. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, this former Jaguar test driver. Oh, yeah. Well, Norman, Norman was a... Every apprentice that went through Jaguar in my day, me included, and even me as a commercial apprentice, remember, I wasn't an engineering apprentice. Mm. Norman contributed to your education. The marvelous man. Mm. And he kept he's kept in touch with the what is now 
an ex-apprentices association that I'm a very proud member of that meets regularly. Uh, we all reminisce, you know, we're oh, all yeah. in our 70s now, but we all reminisce about the good old days. Anyway, I listened to Norman about two years ago at the age of 93 or whatever he was and is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Tell the audience that he and Sterling Moss won the Mealy Melia in a C-type with uh, the first car with disc brakes. Oh, yeah. So when I was writing about the DeLorean disc brakes, I like to give a little bit of background about the fact that they were manufactured by Girling. Girling took the original license from Dunlop, who developed the disc brake from their aircraft disc brakes. And, of course... In that development, they worked with Jaguar and Norman Jewis then drove it with Sterling Moss in the Millimilia, which they won in 19-whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't true. Oh, really? <laughs> they, they retired. Oh, oh my. So again, that's that memory playing tricks with yes. your mind, you know? That's Norman's memory, not my memory. (laughs) You know, uh, next time you see Norman, I have been trying to get his attention to have him be a guest on this show. If you just kind of give him a jab and say, hey, there's this fellow over there across the pond named Mark who would love to talk to you. Oh, uh, he is is a diamond. (laughs) Yes. Absolute diamond. I'm sure. I'm sure. Incredible man. Now, do you have any uh, another book in mind? Do you want to tackle yeah. this to get you do? Okay. Oh yeah, I've got I've got the bug now. I've enjoyed um, uh, one of the you know one of the pleasures of of the last few years has been writing. I, I always enjoyed writing at school. I was inspired by my English master W. A. Brotherwood, known as Wab. <laughs> uh, no idea what his first names were, but he was known as Wab to us kids, and he taught me the power of books and the power of reading and the power of writing. And yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it so much. I, I've worked out that there were about the same number of incidents in my four and a half years with DeLorean as there were in the other 45 and a half years in <laughs> oh, the wow. auto industry. Yeah. So I think I can just about write another book about as a sort of prequel sequel. Very cool. Uh, a sort yeah. of Star Wars thing being, being very current. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so that's what I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm going to start to write that um, after the new year. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll all look forward to that. That sounds awesome. Is there a, an author that you're very fond of? If you can pick one that you're really fond of? Oh, yeah. Bill um, Bryson. Oh, okay. Bill Bryson, uh, 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 an American who is now almost English. <laughs> He's written numerous books. I've read them all, although I, I, I'm hoping that uh, one of my children might buy me uh, his latest one for um, for Christmas. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, Bill Bryson, a, a fiction from a point of view of fact, automotive fact, that the book I find I've read a lot of autobiographies of, of guys that really made it to the top of the auto industries. And of course, John DeLorean's famous on a clear day, you can see General Motors is one of them. <laughs> Although that was a that was a biography rather than autobiography. Right. But the only one that I've actually finished, because most of them I find they're so, you know, um, self-fulfilling yes that i put them down after about three quarters of the way through john's included Mm -hmm. but the one that i've read and i really do think is brilliant is is bob lutz guts guts yes Mm -hmm. the seven (laughs) laws of business that made chrysler the world's hottest car company yeah written in about 1998 i think and Mm -hmm. um 
brilliant book. Slim, yeah. not a lot to it, but by God, there's a there's a chunk of uh, good common sense in there. Yeah, there's another gentleman I'd love to talk to as well. So what a history. Well, Barry, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Barry, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What's the best book writing advice you ever received? Book writing advice I ever received? Yeah. I'm not sure I ever, got, I ever had any. <laughs> Nobody gave you any great <laughs> advice? Nobody gave me any advice. I just got on with it. You, well, you know, I like that. You just got on with it. It was probably going back to my English master, Wab Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember his name there. Um, yeah, it was probably Wab. I, I don't know what advice he gave me, but it sure was good. Something worked, yeah. It's wonderful when those professors, teachers we've had in our past when certain things that uh, you experience from them or learn from them stick with you. Uh, it's very nice. Yep. Could you yep. share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute with your ability to complete this book project? Oh, um, yeah. Well, I think uh, sticking at it. Mm. Uh, it goes back to the, you know, the Churchill quote, really, just uh, sticking at it, getting on. And, um, you know, you, you do get moments when you think, oh, hell, I... I don't think I'm really going to finish this, but um, yeah, you just stick at it. Again, what DeLorean, the project DeLorean was all about, we stuck at it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The bitter end. The perseverance was immense, just immense. Now, this next question, I think you've already answered in a respect, but I like to ask what kind of resources you access during this writing. But you talked about having all your notes, which was fabulous and brilliant for you to do, and also accessing people who could identify photographs and things are there any other kind of resources that you utilize to get john z the delorean and me book completed yeah i i tracked down as many people as i could uh to talk to i spent uh, some time with jajaro and uh mm. his uh number two silvano Corvash in uh turin i numerous former employees two of the receivers or administrators of um, DeLorean during his bankruptcy I remained in contact with they become friends uh, over the years and I, I spent quite a bit of time with them they gave me access to lots and lots of papers I'd not seen before in fact many of which I don't refer to in the book I've got another book full of um, interesting facts about John DeLorean <laughs> that emerged from those papers, some of them quite astonishing. Right. I'll maybe keep those for the second book. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and um, also, uh, even I wanted to check some of my political, uh, some some of my views on the political events that occurred during the uh, project, oh, wow. uh, particularly during the receivership. Mm -hmm. And I was very grateful that, 
a gentleman uh, now by, by the illustrious name of, uh, of Baron Pryor of Brampton in the county of Suffolk. Oh, my gosh. In the House of Lords. It's quite a title. <laughs> it is. And uh, was the former James Pryor, mm. who was the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, the man who ran Northern Ireland under Margaret Thatcher. Oh, okay. Um, I made contact with him. I wrote to him at the House of Lords. He uh, invited me to spend um, uh, two hours with him at his home in Suffolk on, in the east of England. And he gave me a delightful lunch. And uh, I checked out all my views and uh, memories about him, uh, Mrs. Thatcher, uh, other politicians of that era and the receivers to, that he appointed to um, uh, take over the company uh, in its bankruptcy. And I felt, therefore, that you know I'd done the job thoroughly, mm -hmm. uh, which is what all those meetings enabled me uh, and all those people enabled me to do. Fabulous. And the book is available now? It's been available now for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, the quickest and easiest way for your listeners to get hold of it is through the publishers at uh, www.deloriangarage.com. If you do buy it, I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I, I think they will. Absolutely. We'll make sure that that's listed on your show notes page for a quick, easy link click from our listeners from the Cars yeah website. We are up to the checkered flag here. And this uh, last question is always very interesting, especially as it relates to authors. If there's one singular message that you'd like our readers to get from reading your book, John Z, The DeLorean and Me, what would that message be? Oh, well, this is rather easy for me to answer because uh, my father and I shared a motto within the family that I've tried to pass on to my kids mm -hmm. that came out of me studying Latin at school. Um, <laughs> and it, it is a Latin quotation, but it's not, you won't find it in any textbook. It goes, Null carborundum illegitimi. <laughs> and you may have already your imagination may have already run riot but it, it's translated to don't let the so-and-sos grind you down mm. <laughs> the illegitimate referring to the so-and-sos yes therefore you know keep trying keep mm -hmm. trying that's really the uh you know the motto not only of my family my life the book the and certainly the project delorean yes. we kept trying Kept trying. Keep on trying. To the, bitter, I, to the bitter end. I chuckled a little bit when you were speaking that Latin because I took Latin in junior high for two years. Mm -hmm. And the instructor was quite an interesting lady. And she would always write something up on the board every day that was in Latin, of course, that we would have to translate. And for some reason, of all those things she wrote those two years... She did write that. <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> she did, yes. Good for her. And I, what makes me laugh here is I remember some of us had trouble with the so-and-so part. Like, wait, what, is, what does that really mean? And some of the, the more ornery junior high kids, as you can be in junior high, wrote some interesting things down, you know, <laughs> that probably we're not, uh, we can't say here on our show to be a family show. But uh, very, very cool. I love that. Well, Barry, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for calling in all the way from England to share this amazing journey that you've had, uh, not only throughout your life, but uh, with this book and the time you spent at DeLorean. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your DeLorean? Yeah, I think, you know, after 
50 years in the industry and um, a damn good life over my near 74 years, Mm -hmm. I'd say to anybody, make the best of the opportunities put in front of you. I I think even the one of the great learning processes for me was the uh, receivership of DeLorean. It was a very somber day that mm-hmm. w- when we realized we were out of money and John had lost the company and we were going to be working under some pretty strong individuals that were renowned in the city of London. The, the, the leader, uh, Sir Kenneth Court, was known as the undertaker mm. in the British press. So, mm-hmm. But the opportunity in my case, to be appointed the final CEO during the receivership and reporting to people like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a tremendous learning process. Yes. And um, I think that's the message I'd give to anybody is whatever position you find yourself in, in in your career or in life, that you can always learn from it and um, take the opportunity. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to get their hands on a copy of John Z, The DeLorean and Me? Through the publisher, DeLorean Garage, on their website, www.deloreangarage.com, or the the usual uh, retailers over the internet. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Barry's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just type Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and his last name is Wills. W-I-L-L-S, into the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with quick, easy links to get your hands on this book. And I encourage you to get a copy, add it to your automotive library. It is a very worthy read, extremely interesting. And Barry, you've been extremely fun to talk to today. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and, and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.